right, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the 90 and 60 plus podcast this week. It's myself, Aldo, and Saul. We got Aldo in the house. Aldo, how you doing, man? How's the week been treating you? It's been well. It's been well, guys. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I woke up a little bit under the weather this morning, but it's yeah, I think it's just like a sore throat, runny nose type of stuff, but I'm good. How about y'all? Yeah, man, doing great. All I got to say is you got to you gotta clean that up and feel better by April 27th, and... I'm not. I'm, I'm not even kidding about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good, great, man. Uh, so, what about you? How you doing? Feel my bad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm doing fine, man. Uh, just Barca. You know, Barca's killing me out here, dude. Two weeks in a row. It disappointed, but we'll get into that later. But the Christian, the the. Although, ask you how you doing, Christian or. He said how y'all doing, so I don't take it too personal. But I said I'm doing okay, good. Well, you... <laughs> All right, well, I guess I ruined it. Um, yeah, I got nothing else to add, but yeah. I'm excited I mean, to talk about footy, man. Yeah. So I feel like every week, bro, you're like, your whole mood is indicative of how Barca does, man. Is that is that is that bro, true? <laughs> I don't understand. Bro, I don't understand. Bro, I'm not going to lie. It used to be much worse. Like, Barca would lose. Legit, it gets so bad that it, back when I had social, uh, so a lot of social media, like Facebook and Instagram, bro, I just mute everything. Like I wouldn't log on for two days because I was like, man, I don't want to see any posts about Barcelona. It's how bad it used to be. But I mean, it still kind of affects me, but not as much. I've, uh, I think the correct word would be matured a lot in that sense. But yeah, this, that would never happen to you guys. Where if your team won or lost, it was indicative of how you feel for the next couple hours at least yeah at least a little bit i think everyone's lying if they don't agree with that what's that meme you told me about it's like um women always criticize or get criticized for something but then a man will their whole mood will depend on how their sports team does or something like that oh it's like women believe in how do you say astrology oh yeah 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 but a man's whole mood will depend on how their team does that bro when United lost I was I was pissed at everyone bro my dog looked at me to give for I'm like get the fuck out of here junkie today's not the day but man United won today so I'm, I'm in a better mood yeah I'm in a great yeah, mood bro, like I go through all the four stages of grief like I'd be what's the first one like sad depressed bargaining and then just acceptance <laughs> And I'm just like, man, I hate this team. I hate this game, you know. But you just learn and you move on. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to move on to our biggest takeaways because enough about how we're doing. Because do you guys at home really care? Probably not. So let's just move on to what y'all do care about. Anyways, takeaways. I'll kick it off with mine, y'all. And, uh, yeah, who saw, who saw this coming? A lot of people did eventually, or apparently. But early in Brout Holland ties the official record for most goals in what a 38 game season premier league season so he has tied mo salah for 30 and i think there's still what six seven eight games left in the premier league so that's just ridiculous i mean the, the rate this guy was scoring at it's just we all saw this coming and if you did not see this coming you were lying you were lying to yourself come on we saw those hot takes of before the season started saying holland would not crack 10 plus goals and assists uh it's an it's a what's it called it's a um it's disrespect to the establishment it's disrespect to players like harry kane um established premier league players like mo salah etc so yeah I, all those guys can eat their words and 
I misspoke earlier. 32. 32 goals, man. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that Holland has a few more left in him, and especially given the amount of games that's left, and not just for the Premier League, but the season in general, he's going to break all kinds of records. So, excited for that. Congrats, Holland. That's my takeaway. Who wants to go next? Yeah, you yeah, know, for sure, man. I mean, uh, my takeaway is, is still in the Prem. I mean, Arsenal... You know, we're talking about how Holland uh, matched that record uh, over with City, but I'm going to flip it over to Arsenal. You know, they keep dropping those points, man. They keep uh, they keep giving City a chance to to come through with it, you know, and especially right now with City being in good form, Holland being in good form. I think it might happen, man. I think they might turn the tables on them, and, and City might be uh, ones of the of the Prem once again with Arsenal sl- slipping it right through their fingers. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you guys real quick about this bit. If Arsenal don't win, don't win the league, is it a, is this a disaster or considering that at the beginning of the season, no one really put them up as contenders for Premier League winners. Do you think it's just, if they get second place, it's still a great season for them, great improvement. Or do you guys think, since they've had the lead for so long that they slip up now, it's a, what would be the correct word? Uh, a failure. Choke? Yeah, failure. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a failure, in my opinion. Great season, but to walk away with it with nothing after practically having one title, one hand on the title this entire time, in my opinion, that's a huge failure. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I mean, we know Arsenal, I mean, if, if it were to happen, Arsenal wouldn't be the first team for it to happen to or the last team you know mm-hmm. but I mean it happened to Tottenham not that many years ago with Poch happened, uh, happened to Liverpool just like two seasons ago too yeah it did so you know and and yeah I would say the season is a failure for Arsenal especially by with the way everything started and, and the way it kept going just to drop the ball at the end you know right there you can see the finish line it's close you know you're getting there but to drop it now, oh, no. Yeah, that would be a failure. Not to keep bashing on Barca, but it happened to them a few seasons ago, too. <laughs> and, oh, how pissed were we about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, on one hand, I agree with you guys, but on the other hand, I also think if you go back to the beginning, I mean, they're coming off last season where they barely started picking up the bar. They just missed out at Champions League places. And then this season, their main goal was to qualify for champions and just compete in everything. And, I, I could see both ways because, you know, I started to see Arsenal fans kind of, you know, accept that they're going to lose the Prem. They're like, oh, you know what? Our main goal was to qualify for champions anyway. At the same time, it's like when you've slipped up so many times and you practically, as you guys said, had a hand on it, it's it, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for them. I don't know. I think at the end of the season, whether they win or lose, I think it's going to be a tremendous season for them regardless. But I would like to see them win it. Oh, yeah. I think them getting Champions League football will be the silver lining in all of this because we haven't seen Arsenal in the in the Champions League for a long time. So they have that to look forward, but they're going to be kicking themselves knowing that they were almost there. But hey, uh, so I know you got a takeaway, man, but since we're pretty much just talking about the Prem and the title race, you want to wrap up there and then come back and do your takeaway and we'll go from there. I feel like, no. we, should, I feel like we should just keep this conversation going. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Yeah, uh... Dude, yeah, I mean, what is? I think next week we got not this upcoming week, but two weeks is it right that Arsenal, Chelsea? I mean, Chelsea versus City play, correct? Mm-hmm. 
do you guys think? I mean, I know last time they faced a similar similar situation too. I think, yeah, City won and they went on top of the table and then they slipped up a couple times and gave Arsenal an eight point lead. And then right now again, I think City win that game, they go top of the table. So, do you guys think this upcoming match is the title decider? Or? Wait, which game are you referring to? The um, the city upcoming Arsenal City one. Oh, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I think what City, Arsenal play Southampton this weekend right before that because that game is midweek. And then City, they play, I don't even think they have a league game. They have the uh, the FA Cup semifinal, which is this weekend as well. So they're going to be well-rested for that, man. And absolutely, in my opinion, after these last couple of weeks that Arsenal have had where they've gone up 2-0 on two separate occasions to two teams, uh, both being Liverpool and then this past week in West Ham. I think these last two weeks and last two match games or match days are going to be the season-defining moments for Arsenal. And sadly, bro, I think it's going to they're going to look back at it and be and be like, hey, that's where we that's where we lost the title because to go up two nil and then just immediately kind of blow that lead. And I know there's caveats to it, where especially with West Ham with Saka missing that penalty. But to me, if they if they do lose the league, which I think is a very strong possibility now, they're going to look back at this two-week stretch and be like, yeah, that's where the that's where the league was lost. And because honestly, with the way City's playing right now, yeah, anything can happen in the football, but I don't know. City's just super motivated right now. And I saw what you mentioned this last week. Their run of forms or their run, their run of fixtures is a lot more favorable than Arsenal's, and it's it's been proven, right, because obviously they drew this past week to West Ham, who's fighting relegation, which is exactly what you said last week, and not a lot of people believed in that, but it's what happened. So, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the game that defines the, the title. Yeah, the, the other big thing I said before we get all those opinion was uh, the experience part, because I think, not that a lot of people underestimate it or don't value it, but just the city squad is used to this kind of stuff. I mean, last season it came up until the last day in order for them to to win the league, and they did it. But I think the big thing in city's favor is the experience. Yeah, it's gonna be a great game to watch. I mean, it's two two coaches that are very, I mean, similar in a way. Uh, I mean, I mean, Arteta was definitely a pupil for Pep over at City. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And now, it's you know, this is going to be the winner-go-home game for both of them. Because uh, whoever wins this is definitely going to win the title, like you guys said. There's no doubt in my mind. The thing about the Leicester game, I just want to say, dude, towards the end, I don't know if you guys watched it, but towards the end, I think Nacho scored one goal, and then after that, I think they had two or three chances where they could have scored a, another one and possibly even tied the game, which was just crazy to see, you know. I was like, damn, I didn't expect this from from City, but considering they have crucial... I mean, they did sub everyone out after the 3-0 lead because they thought the game was over, but just to see them fall asleep like that, I think just watching that, I think should give Bayern a bit of hope in the Champions, but yeah, the other fixture I want to talk about that was really on my mind was the Brighton versus Chelsea, man. I mean, Dude, Chelsea, the bad times just continue. Bro, Chelsea, this game, I think someone else described it. They're like, this game looked as if it was the Premier League champions versus the newly promoted team. And in this case, the champions look like Brighton. Brighton, dude, bro, 
right? And just outplayed them at their own stadium, right? They played at Stanford, yeah, at Stanford yep. Bridge. Dude, it's just, just flat out embarrassing. Just even looking at some of the stats, look at this: fifty-eight possession for Brighton, twenty-six shots, ten on target for Brighton. Meanwhile, Chelsea only had eight shots, two on target, bro. It's just they just got flat out embarrassed. This game, I think they were a bit lucky. Chelsea were a bit lucky. This game, they had ended four or five nil. It's just not looking good for Chelsea. I think at this point, you just don't have to. I think you have to speed up the processor, the manage manager process, because Frank Lampard ain't it, and I think he's just going to sink them even further. Oh, bro, who the hell wants to manage Chelsea after this? That's uh, that's zero and two for Frank Lampard, bro, for for Chelsea as far as in the Premier League. But yeah, man. I, I honestly, I, if you ask me, Chelsea was lucky to get a goal because their predicted XG was 0.5 for Chelsea and 2.9 for Brighton. So, yeah, I think that's very indicative of what exactly what you just said. Ch- Brighton were on top of them the entire game. And honestly, the most damning part about it for me was the um, the statistic that I saw after saying uh, Makaido Mudrik is the player that has the most assists for Chelsea this season in the Premier League with two. And I think both of no, one came in this game and then the other one came and a previous game but just the fact that that's even a statistic that only Mudrik is the only player in the squad that has more than one assist and he arrived in January which is even more damning but we all know Mudrik we all know the price tag he had and the expectations they were on his shoulders not just him but other players as well and the impact that they've or rather lack of impact they've had for Chelsea yeah it's just a uh, it's just damning man and yeah, Chelsea. That's going to be a fun podcast episode in the summer. How to rebuild this team? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I think what Chelsea really needs to do is let go of a lot of players, bro. I think mm-hmm. just the amount of players they don't have isn't healthy. Players such as Sakaria, he shouldn't be there. Connor Gallagher, I think uh, he showed potential in Crystal Palace, but I think you either send him on loan or you get rid of him. Christian Pulisic out. Um, Joao Felix, you're not going to buy him because Atletico Madrid's asking for way too much. Um, Obama Yang, he's gone. But, you know, players like that, players like fringe players, like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and there's probably a couple more that I can't think of, but there's players like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and there's another one. I can't think of him. Let me see real quick. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and there's another one, but... They should just not be there. It's like, bro, what what are you doing here? It's like those like fringe players. I know they're academy players, but they're fringe players and they shouldn't be there. I think they're just there taking up space. But yeah, but, uh, you got anything, Aldo? <clears throat> yeah, guys, Chelsea. They're oh, man, I'm lost for words. But with the amount of money that Chelsea has spent this year with the amount of talent they have. They should just not be struggling like this, man. I mean, what, what is really going on behind the scenes? It makes you question that. I mean, did the re- did change of ownership really impact them so much to be like this? But it only makes me wonder, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes because no one's stepping up for Chelsea. Management is all over the place. You got the owner buying players willy-nilly, you know, for millions and millions of pounds. What is really going on at Chelsea? So, I think they deserve to be where they're at right now, if not lower. Hopefully, 
maybe they get relegated. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, but I can only dream. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch, but no, I agree with you, man. We all love to see this. Screw Chelsea for spending all that money and hoarding all these players. It's it's well deserved in my opinion. Anyways, <laughs> um, another game. <laughs> all right, we got we got wait, that. Wait. Before we move on, I just want to give credit to what's his name. Because as bad as Chelsea are, you got to give credit to Roberto de Serbi, the Brighton coach. Dude, what a coach he is. Huh? What a great appointment they made. Uh, right, indeed. Yeah, I just want to give him a shout out because, dude, what a coach he is. Oh, yeah. We say this all the time. Well, not all the time, but all the time when a big team like Chelsea, quote unquote, big team, loses to a smaller team, it's always, oh, what went on for the big team? We never look at the big team or the smaller team and praise them. I mean, I know a couple of weeks ago we did the same with Austin Villa and Unai Emery, the job that he's doing there. Austin Villa, by the way, 3-0 and actually pushing for European spots. So that's that's an interesting race to look out for. But yeah, it's often it's often a narrative that we overlook, you know, how much this team struggled instead of how well this team did. So yeah, shout out Brighton. Bro, yeah, since we're on top of it, dude, Austin Villa and Brighton, sixth and seventh place. Austin Villa pushing for um, for European places, three points behind Tottenham, dude. I mean, dude, what a job, Unai Emery. And I want to give myself credit, dude. I said Unai Emery was going to be a great coach. I thought that he was mistreated at Arsenal. And, bro, what he's done at Austin Villa is... It's amazing, bro. I think it's been said the only two teams that have gotten more points since he's been appointed has been City and Arsenal. Dude, what a coach, huh? And then Brian, too. Brian has two games in hand. They could... Oh, dude, both teams could potentially be in this place, dude. Damn. Yeah, and speaking of coaches and- that we should be giving shout-outs to, shout-out to Roy Hudson at Crystal Palace. Third game in a row where he gets a win. And now he's nine points clear of relegation. We all know what they did to Leeds last last week. And this week, more of the same with Southampton. Nice 2-0 win. Ibarichi Eze got the brace. And this player has looked completely reborn under under Hudson. So, yeah, I'm really happy with that. And I think it's safe to say the Palace is clear out of the relegation zone. Well, for now at least. But, yeah, shout out to Roy Hudson as well. Yeah, I mean, any other matches? I mean, other matches. Um, we have Tottenham lost to Bournemouth. Three, three, two, what a game. <laughs> last minute winner, bro. Last minute winner. I didn't I got to watch it, but I did. That's the first thing I woke up to was last minute winner by Bournemouth. Yo, didn't, um, yeah. I completely forgot that Spurs signed, uh, it's, is it a permanent or is it a loan deal for, uh, Don Juma? It's a loan deal. With, I think it's loan with option to buy. Didn't he used to play for Bournemouth? I think so. I don't remember. I think he did, yeah. Yeah, but I completely forgot that, man. Some of the moves that went on this past window, or this in the summer, even it's just it's just like a blur. But yeah, I completely forgot he was there. He shows up with what looks to be like the, the game tying goal. But uh, yeah, that's not what Bournemouth thought. And yeah, who expected this, man? Bournemouth, they're uh, kind of slowly creeping out of the relegation zone as well. They're currently in 14th, 33 points. Uh, Nottingham Forest down in 18th, that's 27. So they're only six points ahead of them. But man, it's just so close in relegation. But these are the crucial wins that are going to keep those teams alive and, you know, really set them set themselves apart from the teams in the bottom three. So, yeah, shout out to Bournemouth. And uh, even even if Spurs have Quante or um, anyone else in the dugout, I guess it's always the same narrative. Spurs is going to Spurs. But, yeah, like you said earlier, man, they're still in 
fourth no fifth place and they're holding on to dear life for that european spot so yeah who knows what will happen yeah and then yeah guys and all these all these results man originally they're really lining up to be a great final day for the prem both on on both ends of the table you know but wow that's that's why you gotta love football man and you know these stories tell themselves really and it's awesome to see yeah who can write this bro hollywood can never but um i want to give a quick shout out to wolves and uh diego costa because we we mentioned this a couple weeks ago how wolves have yet to score a goal with their number nine for what like over two years now from open play and then i think last goal came was march of Either this year, no, I think it was Mar- either March of this year or last year. But either way, well, it's been some some time. Yeah, and then thirty-four year old Diego Costa comes back, and he's he's been waiting for that goal because he's been there for a while. But I mean, I, I bet you that feels good for him and good for Wolves that they picked up a win versus Brentford too. Brentford's no slouch; they're doing pretty well. But yeah, Wolves doing themselves a lot of favors as well in the relegation battle because they're still within a shout. Only what is it, thirty-four points, um, six points. No, seven points ahead of Forrest in 18th. So, yeah, they, there's there's a likelihood of them going down as well. But, yeah, there's that one. And then I think that was it as far as the big games. Yeah, the last one was last game. Well, not even last because Liverpool and Leeds still have to, still have to play. But United uh, beat Forrest 2-0 with a goal by a goal and assist by, by Anthony Fidget Spinner. Bro, I mean, dude, United, after, you know, scoring four goals on Thursday, two of them being own goals, it's crazy, and then, bro, I don't don't know how you feel, you still feel confident, Aldo, with all the injuries out and suspensions about the game of Kuhn versus Sevilla? I'll be honest with y'all, that game was tough to watch. It was a roller coaster for me. I mean, freaking Sancho scored the goal like within the first two minutes, but it was ruled offside, and then United kept attacking and attacking. And then all of that for two own goals in the last, what, five minutes of the game? Oh, man. And then all with all these injuries, Lissandra and Ryan, like you were saying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was worried at the game, but I saw the game uh, against Nottingham Forest. Now, sure, it's Nottingham Forest, but you know they they always pull up a fight. They they just like all all teams in the Prem. You know, no opponent is an easy opponent. Um, and they started uh, Ten Hag started McGuire and Lindelof, and I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, so pretty good job there. Uh, you know, we had Dalo uh, left back. One is one Bissaka is right back, and they did pretty well. So I think that might be the starting back four for Seville, for Sevilla, and I think it'll it'll be enough with the way they're doing. Sure, we won't have Bruno, but there's there's a we have Ericsson there uh, that can fill that role. So yeah, I think I'm feeling pretty good now. As an as I'm analyzing the situation, I'm feeling pretty good against Sevilla. It's not over to the fat Harry, lady sings. Harry Maguire. See that though? Did you see the video circulating around where um, the Anthony? Yeah, Anthony. He's like celebrating after the goal, and he sees it's Maguire, and like this whole 
His like whole demeanor changes. He's, he's just like, oh, it's that guy. And you're just like, damn, bro. Like, I think McGuire has to leave this chance for him, bro. I think it's just not good for him. That's United anymore. I think it's, it's, it's just become toxic. I think he needs to return to a team at his level, like like Everton or uh, Wolves, you know, some team like that, that expectations aren't too high. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, I, I don't want him at United anymore. Uh,. Because I mean I don't know if y'all heard this, but about some comments he did like some time ago, you know he was saying like he shouldn't be proving himself uh, at this level and yada yada yada. But that's not the case, you know. You, in order to start, you have to prove yourself every time. So that's just ludicrous uh, for him saying that. Yeah. At least he never called himself the world's best center back, right? Oh yeah, Dejan Lover. Yeah, that head. Yo, I'd take that guy over fucking slab head Harry Maguire. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. All right. Well, although since you got a chance to talk about your favorite team, I think it's only fair we talk about ours. Actually, no, we got to do the pick'em because I'm not forgetting how to do it this week. So yeah, let's let's pull out the app. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, uh, we didn't do it last week. I'm sure the listeners picked up on that, but yeah, we were like, we'll do it on our own. Two of us forgot, and one of us got 18 points out of it. I'm not gonna say names, but yeah, it's not fair. Anyways. This week, let's just say someone's pretty upset that it wasn't him. Because if he had done it, he wouldn't have been complaining. If I had done it, I would have relinquished. I would have relinquished the points. Because that's a good guy I am. <laughs> all right. You believe? You believe this guy, Aldo? I don't know, man. The audacity. I'm like a hundred points behind, but keep in mind, I forget. Because I have a kid. Yeah, I think, I think Aldo has like four weeks, like yeah, like four or five weeks where he didn't put score. So, bro, we I do him on the pod most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has been driving sometimes. That's fair. Yeah. Aldo's a busy man, y'all. If, if y'all don't know, kid, father, coach, full time job. <laughs> He's a kid and a dad at the same time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, boys. We're all kids. That's how you stay young. Yeah. Um. A wife. Yeah, all those just got a lot going on. Hey, to be fair, I got a lot going on too, man. I'm a full-time student. Full-time, I have a full-time job. Oh, yeah, bro. I, I think you got the hardest of them all, bro. I remember when I did a full-time job in, in school, I hated it. Yeah. I, I never want to do that again. Anyways, first game, Brentford versus Austin Villa. <laughs> uh, yeah, Villa, I don't I don't care if they're away, but yeah, they're going to keep this good time or good streak going with Emery. I'm going to say 2-0. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a tough game. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a one-one draw. Yeah, so Villa and Brentford. Let's see. Ooh, this is gonna be a good one. I mean, Villa's visiting. Thing. What do you think? Yeah. Three two Brentford. Ooh, three two. I agree with that. That's a good shout. Yeah, these teams are only separated by six points on the table, so yeah, it's definitely gonna be a good game. All right, next one is uh, Crystal Palace and Everton. Everton, I believe they're still in relegation zone, but yeah, we just talked about Roy Hudson and Crystal Palace, so yeah, I think they're gonna get the job done here. I'm gonna say three nil to Palace. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two nil to Palace, two one to Palace, two one. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with Saul there. I think uh, Everton might keep it a little bit closer for Palace, but Palace should still be victorious there, two one. All right, the next one, Leicester City versus Wolves. I remember at the beginning of the season when I said Leicester's going to get relegated and y'all laughed at me. Look where they're at now, 19th place. And I think this loss to Wolves this upcoming weekend is going to do them no favors. 
I'm going to say two. No, one nil Wolves. One nil Wolves. One nil Wolves, alright. Uh, I'm going to say a one one draw. Damn, I'm going to so say a draw, but I think it's going to be more boring than one one. Nil nil. Damn. I can see that happening. All right, then we got Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest. <laughs> we, we we don't know what the result is from Liverpool and uh, Leeds because obviously that's tomorrow or Monday whenever you guys listen to this. But yeah, and that's a way for Liverpool too. So I don't know. I don't I don't put it past them dropping more points. And honestly, I don't put them. I don't put it past them dropping even more points here to to Forest. I think I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna say a a one one draw. I'm gonna go for a three one Liverpool one. Liverpool should be able to take this. We'll say two, two nil. Nah, three nil actually. And then we got Bournemouth versus West Ham. I mean, I think both of these teams are somewhat in the relegation battle. Yeah, the fourteen, fifteen points or place, only separated by two points. You know what? I think West Ham after the draw versus Arsenal, they got some momentum. So I'm gonna say a two nil victory to West Ham. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's a two-two draw. I'm gonna say two-one uh, to West Ham. All right, and then the last one: Newcastle versus Spurs. Newcastle already jumped Spurs in the table. This is just, this is just gonna put more distance between them. So I'm gonna say Newcastle, especially because they're at home. I'm gonna say three to one. I'm gonna say two-nil to Newcastle. And it looks like we all agree at a two-nil difference. I mean, a two-goal difference. But yeah, I'm gonna stick with Chris on this three-one Newcastle. All right, and that's the pick 'em. I definitely ain't forgetting to submit my picks this week. If y'all playing at home, don't forget so either. But yeah, uh, it's pretty much the Premier League. I mean, so we never got to your takeaway. I think now is a good time to do it, or unless you want to save it for the end or something. Yeah, it's just painful about the Mexico USA game. I mean, we're already on it, so let's just continue a bit. For those of you that don't know, Mexico are going to be playing the U.S. here. I think this upcoming Wednesday. It's not an official FIFA date, so they it's being played in Phoenix, so they're only calling up players from local leagues, and even at that, it's players that clubs have agreed to let go because some clubs have said no because I think the playoffs start pretty soon for Mexico League, so a lot of players are, a lot of clubs are still fighting for, you know, spots in the playoffs. It, yeah, anyways, they play Wednesday, and the only reason... I might consider watching it because I said I didn't want to watch it. It's because there is a couple, well, because I said I had given up on Mexico. I wasn't going to watch them, but there is a couple of youngsters that he's kind of been forced to call up that I think have a very good future for them in Mexico. It, yeah, I'll just go over the call up real quick. Mexico's, they got Acevedo, Malagón, and Antonio Rodriguez. As a goalie's defense, they got Mr. Araujo, Kevin Alvarez, Julian Araujo, Jesus Gallardo, Victor Guzman. Uh, that's the one. This center back from. There's two Victors Guzman, the one from Chivas, but this one's from Monterrey. Then you got Israel Reyes and Gilberto Sepulveda. That's the defense. Then midfield, you got Roberto Alvarado. Well, latest on him is. I think he got a muscle injury, so he's got to drop out. You got Antuna. Uh, Fernando Beltran, Omar Campos, Alan Cervantes, Luis Chavez, Ociel Herrera, Aldo Rocha, Charlie Rodriguez, e- Eric Sanchez, Alexis Vega. And then strikers, 
is Henry Martin and Roberto La Rosa. But latest news is Henry Martin had a drop out due to, I think he pulled a muscle or something, or he, he had something done to him, some studies, which confirmed that he cannot participate, that the best thing for him was not to participate for this upcoming game. So, yeah, I mean, for me, most interesting players are Israel Reyes, he's been called up, but Victor Guzman, I think 21-year-old defender of Monterrey this past transfer window, but I think he's definitely one for the future. I think the future of Mexican uh, Mexican centre-back for the next couple of years, and I think a move to Europe, to Europe for him is next, unless she obviously chooses the money instead of the career. But then another one is Omar Campos. He's a left-back, and I think He's not just one of the best left backs in the Mexican league, but he's one of the brightest prospects, brightest left back prospects in the whole world. I mean, a lot of people say he has potential to be one of the best in the world in the upcoming years, but who knows if they'll get some in Europe, sadly. So who knows if he'll ever get to live up to that. And the last one is Osiel Red. I think he can play. He's a winger, can also play striker, but this guy's been in tremendous form. He's a youngster. I remember I heard about him like a year ago, and people are saying keep an eye on him. And bro, he's been tearing it up in La Liga MX. So, uh, so yeah, those those are the ones I'm excited to see. But what would y'all think? Bro, I'm excited to see Las Nalgas de Mexico return for the first time since the World Cup. Alexis Vega back in action for Mexico, baby. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. And um, no, I mean, given I mean USA, they called up some pretty good players too. Let's be honest, but I think uh, Mexico has a slight advantage as far as talent goes, and especially in the attack. So, yeah, and then uh, I mean, I know it's just a molero or uh, friendly in the real, you know, game as in until the Nations League final in the summer or semifinal. But I don't know, man. The way some Mexican players have been playing over in Europe, especially in the Eredivisie, but uh, yeah, I think Mexico might go into this with a little bit of an advantage, and then hopefully this game they win and. You know, that boosts their morale, that boosts their momentum. So I'm, I'm hoping that this is kind of the turning point. But I also think it's very, very interesting how each team called up one particular player in one particular position that plays in a particular part of the world. I'm obviously saying, you know, Julian Araujo with uh, Barcelona, he got called up. And uh, for the U.S., it was Sergio Dest, who's been pretty much outcasted by Barcelona and AC Milan, for that matter. Dang, I just put that together. Yeah, Barcelona has two uh, CONCACAF right-backs. I mean, they're not starters by any means. I don't even think they're registered yet. But, yeah, it's very interesting to note. But, yeah, I think Julian, he's been training with the first team. So I'm excited to see how that progress looks. And he's got some healthy competition with Jorge Sanchez picking up form and as well as Kevin Alvarez as well. So I'm excited, man. And I think, uh, yeah, I said this before, but I think uh, Mexico has the slight advantage in the attacking department and just in the overall talent. So on paper, I, I, I'd give a slight edge to La Selección. But, I mean, USA has had our number for a while, so who knows? Yeah, and I just want to add real quickly, I think it's already been said, that regardless of the result, unless it's like a catastrophe, you know, like USA wins, I think five plus goals. Diego Coca is not going to be sacked this game. I know some people are already calling for him to be sacked after this would be his third game. But it's already been said that regardless, unless it's a catastrophe, you know, a historic humiliation that uh, he won't be sacked. So they, they, that's to everyone that was hoping he'd be sacked. You got any thoughts, Aldo? 
Not really, man. I mean, I'll, I'll watch the game. I'm glad that Omar Campos got uh, called up. Same with Acevedo, you know. But La Cantera de Santos right there. Woo. But other than that, oh, I mean, I'll watch the game. It's U.S.-Mexico. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, mean, I don't got shit to say about Ligong, so. Yeah, I mean, we, we might as well just get that one out of the way right now. Ligong, the Farmers League. I mean... Yeah, I think PSG won last week, and they won again this week. Messi and uh, Mbappe, linking, Mbappe linking up really well. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much sewn up. PSG have quite some distance between them and second place. So yeah, and like we said this last week, every week it's a new second place, a new third place. League on at this point. Um, I don't want to. Yeah, it is a farmers league. Let's 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 not. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush here, you know. PSG after the Champions League is done. Who really pays attention to them? Yeah, yeah but I'd rather talk about the Divisi than Liga Nos. Y'all, y'all seen the the games today? Our Mexican boys have been shining lately. Something minus another goal. I think it's six, seven straight away games he scored in. Bro, and that boosts his league total to eleven. That's 11. joint yeah. highest for uh, for fifth in the Air Divisi. I mean, there's a lot of players who got eleven goals, but he's only three behind uh, the top scorers, which is. Shavi Simmons with PSV and some player who I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he plays for Old Trek. But yeah, him and Ricardo Pepe, they have the same goal tally, which is interesting. But Santi, I think he's much more consistent in that sense. But not only him, bro, also our boys at Ajax, they've been doing really well. Jorge Sanchez, bit of a resurgence recently. He got a goal and an assist today. Been playing really well. So yeah, he provides a lot of competition for that right back slot in Mexico. And Eric Gutierrez, man, last week he scored. This week he assists, and I'm really proud of that boy. I think him and Eric Sanchez should be the perfect midfield pivot for Mexico going forward, and maybe Edson right behind them. Edson as well, ever since he's been playing center back, it's really helped out Jorge Sanchez, and he actually assisted his goal today, which is nice. But yeah, maybe Edson's future is center back with La Selección, but I mean, he can play center back, CDM, and he's one of the best CDMs in CONCACAF. I don't care where he plays as long as he plays. But yeah, I mean, they're to busy, bro. It's, I'd rather talk about that than P, than PSG and <laughs> Ligon. I agree. Yeah. And then next week, dude, we got a PSV versus Ajax going up, so that'll be nice. And as well as Feyenoord, they play Utrecht. They they have the they're in fourth place. No, excuse me, they're not in fourth place. They're quite down, honestly. But they got that one player that's got 14 goals, so they can give him some trouble. But midweek, Feyenoord played Roma for. Chance to go to semis, right? Or yeah, so I'm gonna be paying attention to that more than the weekend game. But all right, well that's uh, and then I guess we can go to the Bundes, bro. Every week the Bundesliga is funny. It's like Bayern, they 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 follow whatever Dortmund does and they just kind of imitate it, and that's exactly what they did this week. Obviously, Dortmund it was kind of a heartbreaking three three draw for them, honestly, because they looked like they got the winner by, once again, Giovanni Reina in stoppage time. That's, that just seems to be what he does nowadays. But then, then Stuttgart, they, they fired right back, and they got a 97th-minute equalizer, which was even just crazy, just crazy. But yeah, Dortmund, they're, they've, they've been all right ever since they got knocked out of the champions and losing the, the classic her. They're still, I think, two points behind Bayern, which is nice. But yeah, their players are picking up form. Daniel Malin, I think that's three games in a row now where he's scored and uh, it's good to see Sebastian Haller on the score sheet as well. And then on the other side, Bayern Munich, they drew 1-1 with uh, Hoffenheim thanks to a late equalizer by Kramerich. I'm surprised this guy hasn't been picked up by a bigger club, honestly, because he's just always a consistent consistent scorer. But 
Bayern, what do you all think about them? Because obviously there was the reports that broke out with the uh, fight between Sané and Mane. Sané, no, excuse me, Mane, the one that threw the punch, has been kind of um, exiled from the squad for a little bit. Uh, and now there's apparently rumors that Tuchel was looking to sell Mane in the summer because he sees that as an absolute priority, How? because it affects the dressing room and the morale in the dressing room. So yeah, interested to see what you guys think about that. Well, I think Tuchel's making big plans before he even knows if he's going to stay there or not. Because, the way, I mean, I don't know, Byron White might let him go too. No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think they expect him to lose all three competitions, but I think it's all—it's also, um, how can I say it? Like, I thought they planned for it, but it's kind of like in the back of their head, like this this could happen with a new manager. I think they're at least, I, in my opinion, I'm not basing this off nothing, but they at least have to give him a preseason because if they just fire him, bro, it's just, it's just you're gonna then you're gonna be asking yourself, what is Byron doing? Unless he produces some atrocious results, but I think you at least got to give him preseason and five games into next season to see how he performs. And he, if he there, this form continues, then start got to start questioning him. But you also gotta get him a striker because Trupo Moting, I think he's having one of those. I don't know what the word for it, but his season, I don't think he can. He got injured, but I also don't think he'd be performing at the same level next season. So, I mean, it has been rumored that they're going to be going all out for Harry Kane, so who knows? Uh, I kind of agree with all the bro. Tuchel comes in and they get knocked out of the DFB Pokal, uh, essentially knocked out of the Champions League, although anything could happen in the second fixture. And they're still not establishing a lead over Dortmund in second place, so. Yeah, I, I started asking questions, man, honestly, but I agree with you also, Soul. A lot has to do with the uh, lack of a focal point up top because that's something Tuchel has always had in his squad. So who knows, man. But anyways, y'all see Sané's lip after that fight? That thing was fat. I think we're looking like one of the Kardashians over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor guy. Bro, I never expected that from Sané, honestly. I, he's like the nicest guy in football. I mean... From Mane, you mean? Yeah, I always confuse them. I guess I mean, I had always, I had always heard stories like you know, there's always like those background stories. It's like there's always stories about players, you know, but then it's always like that. Like, you hear the messy things about how he was practically a little dictator at Barca, but you always kind of just ignore it because of how good of players they are and how well they perform. So it's kind of like you know, as long as he's performing, we we won't care about it. It's like I think you mentioned a couple of. I don't know, like last year maybe in the podcast where you talked about Chicharito and how a lot of players complained about how he was a bad teammate, how he was selfish, and they didn't like that. He acted in the dress, dressing room, but then he went on that tremendous run where he was just scoring goals almost every game, and, you know, people forgot about it. I think it's the same with Mane throughout his career, because I've always heard, I've always heard what a great guy he is, and like he donates to Senegal and stuff, but I've also heard stories from teammates of where they like, don't really say he's not really the best teammate either, that, you know, he does have his, um, what's the right word, like, where, where he acts out occasionally and stuff, and, yeah. Yeah, we all know the the stories and uh, the fights that him and Salah, I guess I shouldn't say fights, altercations that him and Salah got in at Liverpool because 
they were both claiming they were selfish. That that's all in the past, though. But yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it altercated to or escalated to physical. Um, what's the word? Physical violence. That's the thing. That's the word. I'm. That's the word I'm looking for. And that's what I'm surprised it escalated to. But anyways, yeah, let's move on. Bundesliga was just all right because everyone just drew. Oh, Timo Werner. Y'all see the goals that he scored or the goal that he scored in particular? No. Oh, that thing was trending, bro. One of the goals of the season. Goal and assist. So. Before we move on, I just want to say real quick, uh, Dortmund coach came out after, I don't know, it was after the game. It was after the game, but I don't know if it was like the press conference right after or later. But he said, he said there are reasons why there has only been one German champion in the last 10 years and why we haven't made it. Today we showed once again that all the hard work of the last few months, all the sweat, to get into this position that we keep screwing it up and giving it away. And then, yeah, man, I mean, someone else said in the comments, but they're like, they're like, uh, they're like our worst season of the last, Bayern's worst season of the last 10 years, and yet no one seems to be able to take advantage of it. I mean, is it time to start calling Premier, the Bundesliga Farmers League, bro? I mean, I know we joke about it a lot, but is it seriously time to maybe start considering it? Because, I mean, if you look at PSG, why we always laugh at them is because the league on, I mean, is because they always screw up. You know, and then, like, it's like no matter how bad this screws up, no one seems able to take advantage of it. And then we're kind of seeing the same thing here for Bayern. Is no matter how much they seem to screw up, points they drop, it just seems that no one can take advantage. So is it time to call it a true farmers league? Or? I'd say not yet. Not yet. I take it you're a Bayern fan. <laughs> oh no, far from it. <laughs> Bayern. I guess. I guess not yet. I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd say not yet. I'd say not yet. Let's let's table that discussion yeah. for a different day. I was gonna say two two or three more years of this. I think it's a farmers league. I mean, I'd, I'd say not. But at the even. same time, <laughs> ten ten years in a row winning it, bro. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. You you mentioned Serie A how they had all these champions recently and obviously I think they're gonna have a new champion this season I'm more than confident they will but I don't know that's been kind of a weird league recently I mean first of all Cremonense got another win only their third win of the season so big big shout out to them but Napoli they drew once again nil nil with Hellas Verona that's two weeks in a row now where they drew and also no sorry last week they won but it was barely like a two one win and then the week before that they got slapped but. Yeah, nil-nil. Very shocking that they don't even pull up, put up a goal because we all know how good they've been attacking-wise this entire season. And then their Champions League opponent, that's the team that I was thinking has drawn two weeks in a row now. Empoli, I mean, excuse me, AC Milan. They drew last week versus Empoli. This week again versus Bologna. So, man, who knows what that, uh, <laughs> what that Champions League midweek fixture has in store for us. But there was that. And then Inter, they lost 1-0 to Monza, which who the hell saw that coming? And then freaking Juventus, they went and lost to Sassuolo. So Serie A was like all over the place this week, but really did not do any difference to the league table. Napoli, they're still ahead by nine points. No, 14, 14 points. I mean, really, there was no like overall narrative or story that came out from Serie A this past week that I want to talk about. So, <laughs> yeah. I think the big story right now is just to see how much points Juventus get deducted. I think that's the big story. We're just waiting for that. Yeah, that's true. Although, going back to Napoli, I guess they've been without Victor... No, Victor Osman came back, but he still couldn't make a difference. At least they'll have him back for the midweek game in the Champions League. But still, damn. Not being able to score a goal versus Verona? 
Damn. Anyways, yeah, I guess we can move on. And the only league left is La Liga, where I think you and I have a lot to say, Saul, but uh, I think you have more to say than me, so I'll let you take it take it away. No, bro, I'll let you do it, because the past few weeks I've been the one talking, and then, you know, you still get your points across, but I feel like I take most of it, so I'll let you do the talking this time. Before we get to that, I say we mentioned some smaller games. I want to give a big, big shout-out to... Dude, it's been a great weekend for Mexicans. Uh, Cesar Montes scored his first goal in La Liga for as an Espanol player. And what a goal oh, it was, goal man. Was. Chilena. Oh, my goodness. I mean, granted, it, did, it didn't do his team any favors. They still lost 3-1 to Robetes, but still, damn. What a goal. What a goal. And then um, if we look at the other teams that are kind of up there, uh, you know, Real Madrid, they... I would say barely, because yes, it was 2-0, but they didn't score the first goal until the 72nd minute, uh, and that was against Cadiz, so that's a bit damning. Atletico Madrid, they beat 2-1. They beat Almeria 2-1, thanks to an Antoine Griezmann brace. Uh, Sevilla, they beat Valencia 2-0, and yeah, that was pretty much the big games in La Liga. Apart from the Getafe-Barcelona game, that ended 0-0, and... Yeah, it was early enough where I got a chance to see a little bit of it before work. But, man, I wish I would have just slept in because this game was atrocious to watch, bro. The team selection by Xavi, when I first saw that, I was like, what the hell? Um, Alejandro Balde playing left winger. I almost went back to bed. But I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. And I regret giving it a chance. Um, we saw that, and then we saw Sergio Roberto come off injured, and that pretty much changed. Thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully. I mean... Eh. Praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord. No it, more Sergio Roberto for the rest of the season. I mean, it thins our squad even more, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, does it really thin us? You know, can you even count him as a player? Oh, God. Does he add anything when he plays? Not really. I told you, bro, for every... Not to take over, but real quickly, I told you, for every one good game he gives you, he gives you five shit ones. Yeah, that's true. And then just more inconsistency from Lewandowski, Rafinha, Gavi, the the usual suspects. Hey, the only good thing is we uh, we didn't concede a goal, so that record still stands. We can still break that record. But, yeah, I mean, pretty disappointing. I know we were away, but still, damn, you, you expect at least to, to get a draw. Or, or we did draw. You expect to get at least a win, one goal. But, nah, man, I, uh, I'm starting to... You know what's funny, too? After this game, when I was getting ready for work, I like to listen to like videos or podcasts while I get ready. But I listened to a Barcelona space on Twitter. And everyone was saying, yeah, Xavi out. He doesn't trust the youngsters. He doesn't play uh, players in their natural positions. He bottles uh, leagues or, or uh, cup competitions in the very last moments. He always does this. And we should get a better coach that knows what he's doing. But we're just hanging on because he's a Barca legend. And I was like, man, I see a bit of truth to that, but... I, I'd, I'd keep Xavi. I don't know. Would you? I don't even know if that's a discussion. It's just, you know, people on Twitter being people on Twitter. No, it is kind of a discussion, especially after... It gets brought up after every big game because that's been the problem the last few seasons. But you, you know what I think? I think Xavi's a good coach, but I think just his insistence, uh, insistence on playing certain players and keeping certain players, such as Busquets, Roberto, and Jordi Alba, I think, until we get rid of those players... Unless it's a very elite coach, I think very few people are going to succeed at Barca until those guys are gone. Yeah. I think Xavi should just relinquish his manager title and start playing midfield for Barca again. At this point, yeah, bro. I mean, it's just... There's good points to everything. Like, you know, it's like Xavi's still into very young into his managerial career. 
But at the same time, bro, just his experiment. He this this was the last game that you can quote unquote call a comfortable game because the next six games are going to be very tough. I think we face some good teams, some very tough teams that I remember. But yeah, next we've got Madrid, Atletico Madrid. Atletico. I mean, we're supposed to have Pedri and De Jong for those games, but I don't think they're starting because. Uh, just because of um, the fact, what is it that? Oh, what was I going to say? Because it went back from injury, uh, my fault. But yeah, you know, the place I thought to go much. Rayo Vallecano, who we have been uh, unable to beat since they came up, since they got promoted to La Liga. Then we got Real Betis, Osasuna, Espanol, Sociedad, and then Valladolid. Not very really easy game, really. Because Valladolid is playing for uh, staying up. Mallorca, same thing. I think they're even in the fight for some European places. And Celta Vigo, well, everyone knows what goes on with Celta Vigo. Diego Aspas and company turn into prime Pele and just prime. So this really no easy. And for Xavi to, I mean, it's good he experimented, but bro, it's like, I think starting Alva as left wing sent two messages. First one to me, this is that he doesn't trust the youngsters. Because, I mean, bro, you got plenty of players that can play there. You got Alex Carrillo. You got, uh, what's his name? Angel Alarcón. You got Ansufati, Ferran Torres, Pablo Torre, and a couple others. And, uh, and I think that's it. That can play left wing. But he decides to go and experiment with Jordi Alva. That's just crazy to me. And I think, so that was the first one, so he doesn't trust the youngsters. And then the second one was, I think this also means it's, it's the end of the line for both Fati and Perran. I think that means they're gone in the summer. They're going to be looking for an exit for both of them. Or at the very least alone, uh, I don't know what you think of that. No, I agree. I listened to our last week's podcast and you said the exact same thing. And, I was like, nah, Xavi's going to learn from his mistake. He's not going to do that same thing twice. He did it twice. He did it again this week. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Especially when you got established yeah. play. And Fati played well last week, I thought. So, I don't know why you don't start him. And then Rafinha, I want to talk about this real quick. Rafinha is a player that maybe has been more consistent than Fati and Ferran. And he's been very effective ever since Dembele got injured. But his attitude is going to be a huge issue going down the line if he, if he doesn't fix it. I, I think that's the third or fourth time this season where he's been subbed off and literally thrown a fit, literally thrown a, t- a temper tantrum. Bro, you're what? A grown-ass man, 22, 23 years old? 26, holy 26. crap. Hell, I thought he was a lot younger. <laughs> that makes it worse. He's a grown-ass 26-year-old man, and he's doing these things on the sideline in front of Nash, in front of millions of people in a national audience. That's just embarrassing. That's not the player that I want at Barcelona for sure. Yes, you were probably the best player every time you did get subbed off, so you have a right to be angry about it. Angry about it, but take it out take it out in a different way. Take it out in a different way. There's no need for that. I really don't like that. And the second Dembele comes back fully fit, Rafinha is going back to the bench. And honestly, he's been very inconsistent this season. I know it's his first season at Barca, but I w- I would not be upset if Barca chooses to let him go or loan him out or uh, not have a future see a future in him with the club because it's just these little things that for me go a very very long way because it becomes not only a problem on the pitch but in the locker room as well it affects the players morale and I don't know I don't think he's playing for the badge like other players and man it's just 
That that really annoyed me. That really annoyed me. I mean, the first time it's like okay, whatever. But after three or four times, you just you just start to get sick of it. Grow up, man. Grow up. Well, see, I, I see both sides because I think Shabby said best. He's like when when you see players leave and they're bad. He's like it, it should um. What do you say? It's like it like motivates not him, but it's like it, it should motivate the player to do better next time so they don't get slipped off. So I understand it. And the second thing I understand is that I don't think he's necessarily upset that he's getting subbed off. I think he's more upset about his performance. So he throws a fit. But a third one, I also, I think I agree with you. I think maybe Shabby should have cut it off. Because I think after the first time it happened, like, after the second time, you know, first time you're like, all right, it's a one-time thing. But second time, I think that's when Shabby should have cut it off. And like, look, I don't care if you're getting mad or whatnot. It's like, it, he's like, you go to the locker room and you show it there, but don't be doing it out here in front of the cameras, cameras and stuff. And I think that's where Shabby messed up. I think he should have cut it off right away. But I don't think it's a fit towards being subbed off. I think it's a fit towards him just being disappointed in himself that he's not playing good. Because, I mean, he costs – no one knows the real price tag, honestly. I think it was 46 plus like 10 million in variables. And I've heard a lot of different stuff. But what, we can't, what I can say is it's between 40 and 60 million. So I think, you know, when you, play, when you pay that much for an amount of player, I think – he also knows that he knows that his um, past few performances have not been up to par. So that's why he also gets upset because he's like, "Damn!" He's like, "They paid this much for me and I can't perform." So I don't think it's necessarily a fit towards Shavi or anyone. I just think he's just upset with himself and he knows he can do better. Yeah, man. It's just the thing that's pissed me off the most is like, bro. He's ex- I already mentioned, but just the experimenting. It's like, bro, just. He, it's like we're at the point right now where he doesn't trust Ferran or Fati. It's like so. It's like we're at the point right now. Not that the season doesn't matter, but we're at the point where we're like, bro, just give a youngster a shot. It's like you can't. It can't get any worse than. Well, our left wing position can't be any worse than what any of these guys can offer. That's not the point. It's at. And it pisses me off because always I was talking about experience, experience, experience. It's like, bro, it's like how are players supposed to get experience if you don't let them play? And then he talks about being the right context. And even when it is the right context, he he doesn't give them time. So it's just, it's annoying me. And I think I'm slowly starting to lean towards the side of of potentially letting Xavi go. Because I'm not being honest at this point right now. And I might be being a bit reactionary, but I think I I much prefer Julian Nagelsmann over Xavi at the moment. as I said, that could be just be me being very re- reactionary. I think if we bottle the league, I think Ashabi's out. I think Ashabi's out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Ask this was a... this. Oh. All, right. All right, you first. All right, so mine was just on Ashabi thing. So supposedly he's been offered a renewal till 2026. Ashabi himself says he doesn't want to renew till either after he wins La Liga or then till the end of the season to see if. He deserves it, which I think is great. But I want to ask you, I, I want to ask you this because I saw a lot of people complaining that like Shavi has done nothing to merit uh, a renewal. Would you agree with that, or would you? What are your thoughts on that? More like that. I think Shavi did the honorable thing by saying he doesn't want to renew until he wins La Liga, and I think it's yeah, just but, you think, but, but do you even think he should have been offered the renewal deal, or? So, I mean, if he bottles the league and then, I don't know, he just 
still takes the contract offer because he's like, I love Barca so much. I know I can turn the situation. Kind of like Coleman, you know, where he's like, I, I know I can turn the situation around and stuff. It's like, we're screwed. So No, I think it was a mistake offering that contract because the league isn't secure. And uh, right now, based on the style of play, that's what I was going to ask you. The style of play right now that Barca's playing is just atrocious. It's horrible to watch. And that's the, the one thing that a lot of fans are upset with. But... Yeah, you're not playing well. You're not winning games. I don't think he did anything to merit a contract renewal offer right now in this point in time. So yeah, I think that was a mistake. And given the level of caliber of managers that it's on the market right now that you can potentially pick up in the summer, but you choose to solidify your future with Xavi, no, I would have waited. I don't think I would have never offered him a new contract. I would have waited. I'll ask you a hypothetical, then then I'll I'll answer some stuff about the way Barca plays, but if Xavi were not to win the league at the end of the season, who, who would you take? Because me personally, I think it's in between. If no one takes them off the market, Nagelsmann or Luis Enrique? Well, oh, I'd love Luis Enrique to come back to Barca. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I would take either, honestly, but hopefully no one snatches them up. But... Yeah, the other things, dude, just the way they play, bro, it's so bad. Like, you mentioned it. I, I said it a couple weeks ago where I was like, I don't care how Barca plays. I just want to win. But, bro, it's like we're playing like shit and we're not winning. It's like it can't be like that. We either play like shit and win or we play good and win. It can't be we're playing shit, we're not winning, which is just pathetic. Because, dude, these past few games, we've just – I guess it surprises me how bad Xavi's just game plan because it's just pretty much cross and pray. Like, we're just crossing even when there's no one in the box. You know, it's just cross to cross, really. It's, it's, um, it's just pathetic, man. I don't know what else to say. And I think someone else said it. it's like when you have players like Betty and Dembele and them out, it's like, yes, it's a big thing. But it's like the, it's like if your whole team falls apart and pretty much forgets how to play football with a couple of players out, it's like it's no longer a player issue. It's a systemic issue, meaning that the coach practically doesn't know how to adjust. And in other words, the coach doesn't know how to coach, which I think has been evident. I mean, bro, just to resort to just pretty much crossing and praying. And even if these past few games you see it where Xavi had his two formations where it was like, he started Gavi as like a false swinger, not kind of, well, kind of a false swinger, but he'd still be wide. And teams figure that out. And then the other one with Dembele, teams figure that one out too. It's per, pretty much just double team levels on the right wing, either Dembele or Rafinha, and that's it. You pretty much ruin Xavi's game plan, which I think is pathetic. Just Xavi's an, an aptitude to adjust to teams and. I don't know, bro. We, we need to see a lot of changes. I understand some depth and having players out bit bro. It's just pathetic. Like, not to drag on, but someone else said it, though. Like, every good team, there's not 11 starters. He's like, there's 14 or 15 starters in the team, so there's always competition for everyone. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's at Barca. Because, I mean, I think Xavi made it pretty clear at the beginning where he's like, these guys are my starters and these guys aren't. And then kind of isolated. Because remember, Kessie? Bro, that guy didn't start a game. Like, we started, like, two or three games, but he didn't start consistently getting game time until, like, January. So, yeah, bro, just a lot of problems at Barca. And honestly, at this point, I don't know if Xavi is the man that has the solutions. 
Yeah. It doesn't help that their financial situation is all messed up too, but that's a different topic for a different day. But yeah, I agree with you. It's pathetic. Anyways, um, it's so pathetic that I think now's a good time to do the top 10 list because, man, I got a – there's a lot of teams that deserve to get like, kicked out of the list completely and then just move down quite a bit. So y'all, y'all ready for that? Yes, sir. Let's, let's get started with the top 10. All right. So the, just to recap the listeners from last week. Last week we we did quite a few changes, but this week I think we're going to do more. Uh, number 10 was AC Milan. 9 was Bayern Munich. 8th was Newcastle. 7th was Barcelona. 6th was Manchester United. 5th was Real Madrid. 4th was Napoli. 3rd was City. 2nd was Feyenoord. 1st was Arsenal. So here's where, here's what I'm going to start with, y'all. I know our I know we dropped Napoli from 2nd to 4th, and we moved Arsenal. We kept Arsenal there with that caveat of, you know, they... They got a little bit to contend for. But honestly, y'all, I think it's time we move Feyenoord to first place. I think it's well-deserved after the Europa League game where they proved they can beat you know, a pretty decent side in Europe, which is Roma. And yeah, they I think they have one of the longest win streaks in all of Europe. So I think it's about time we, we give them their, what, what they need or what they deserve, and that's first place. The only reason... Oh, my God. Disagree... Wait, wait, hear me out. Hear me out for this reason. The only reason... I would disagree. Is because the past times, whenever we've appointed a new number one, they usually lose. We did it with, I think, Napoli, Arsenal. But there was a couple. Remember, there was a couple teams where we pointed them number one, and then they lost. And I do not want Santi's Jimenez season to end at Roma. So uh, that, that's the only thing I'm worried about. You know, is that if we appoint Feyenoord number one, that they're going to lose versus Roma. It's better to have appointed a team number one and said that they've been there than to have never appointed them number one at all. Majority rules. So let's see what all this says. So what we're talking about is putting Feyenoord at number one right now. Is that what we're talking about? Yep. Boy, I agree. I totally nice. agree with this. I mean, they went against Roma. Uh, they got. They only got one goal. Which <laughs> Did you hear my reasoning, though? I did hear your reasoning, bro. But I think Feyenoord—they're going to beat that, bro. They're going to—they're going to break that curse. I know. They're going to break, break the 1960-plus curse. Yes, the 1960-plus curse. They're going to break that motherfucker. They're going to go over to Roma and knock Mourinho's socks off. Yep, Roma's got quite a bit of visitors too. Bro, because I agree with Feyenoord one. I just don't want them to lose. That's the only reason I was like, no. No, no, they got this. They got this. All right, number two, uh, we had uh, Arsenal. No, Arsenal was one and Feyenoord was two. But honestly, I think we put City up to two. They've been the most impressive, most consistent team in the Premier League and in the Champions League for a while now. I think we move them up to number two. I agree. I'm going to agree with that. Yep. All right, number three. uh, Ooh, that's kind of tough. Arsenal, Napoli. Hmm... I think Arsenal. I, yeah, probably. Well, I mean, they draw, they don't lose, but still. <laughs> I'm going to say Napoli for three. I think. Because Arsenal, sure, they drew. They didn't lose. But they dropped the ball twice on 2 nil, two nil leads. It's Napoli, on the other hand, have it, are in, on the same kind of run. Mm. They lost 4 nil to... Milan. Milan. They won 2-1 versus Lecce. Then they lost to Milan in the Champions League. And then a goal is draw versus Verona. Yeah, I, I think 
I'd say Arsenal third. Yeah, read, read, read the other teams the first. I want to see if there's another, oh, maybe another team deserving, but read. Well, first of all, I agree with Arsenal mm-hmm. third because at least they're scoring goals, unlike Milan or unlike Napoli. But after that, it's Madrid, United, Barca, Newcastle, Bayern, AC Milan. I don't think any of those teams deserve to be ahead of or in third place. So I'd say Arsenal. And then I'd still keep Real Napoli Madrid? fourth. Ooh. Real Madrid? I'd put, honestly, Arsenal third, Real Madrid fourth, Napoli fifth. Oof, I think Real Madrid deserves third, bro. No, I'm a, Barca, I'm a Barca fan, bro. Come on, be biased. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not second that, dude. I think Real Madrid should be third because I don't. I really don't think Arsenal should be. Third. Oh, but, but I, I forgot they lost to Villarreal three two like not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, I forgot they got dominated to Villarreal, and then they beat Chelsea and Cadiz. That's not that impressive. Bro, there's good points for both of them. I'm being honest. Again, I'd say Arsenal third, Napoli fourth, Madrid no Madrid fourth, Napoli fifth. Aldo, what do you say? Dude, I'm saying Napoli third. What? No, Napoli. no, 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 no. Get no. the fuck out of here. I'm serious. No, no, no. Napoli Majority third, rules. Madrid no. fourth, Arsenal fifth. All right, well, Napoli's not third. No, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to be with Christian then. I'm going to go Napoli. No, no, no. I mean, Arsenal third and uh, Madrid fourth. And Napoli oh, fifth? I think, that's, this, yeah. I think that's very, very fair. All right. Now, if, if we're not going to put Napoli there, then we're definitely going to put United above Napoli. Based on <laughs> I think United is the one team that's been consistent, and they deserve to be in the place they're at, and that's six. I think that we just don't no, want that. six. Fine. Bro, you guys... I say we just don't want blue or a two-world versus yeah, let them stay where they're at. Let well, they didn't. They're yeah, I'd say let them stay where they're at. Because after that, yeah. bro, this this list is just shambolic. Barca, I mean, Newcastle's all right. Barca, Bayern, AC Milan. So here's my thing. I'm glad we don't have Benfica in here because they all Barca's- lost this past midweek. Yeah, Barca, I think that we should kick them out. Wait. Kick them out? You, you, know, you, know what, you know what the rule is? If you're going to kick out a team, you got to mention who you're bringing in. All right. Austin Villa. That's the rule. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> They have been on tremendous form. We won't slide them into seventh place, obviously. You know, okay, let's 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 round up the teams that are staying up. So I'd say Newcastle is right after United. Who is it? United seventh. seventh. All right, so I agree with that. So then we got Newcastle seventh. Yeah, yeah. And then at least Barca, Bayern, and AC Milan. Milan, I I think think they drew. I think AC Milan should be seventh. Newcastle eighth. Mm, I don't know. Dude, they drew one one versus Bologna. I don't, and we put them in like as a because honestly we couldn't find a team to to, to put in. Yeah, but I mean Newcastle dropped the ball three nil today. Did they really? Oh yeah, they're not their ass beat. Yeah, we thought like they lost first. Remember they lost versus, versus Villa, bro. I'm telling you. You know what? Oh, it's just that I, I want to jinx I, I, I them. AC, That's fine. Yeah. Honestly, then I agree with AC Milan seventh. They haven't been losing. <laughs> We've used that argument for other teams. You know, you know, you okay, no mind. I think seventh AC Milan. Oh, I Oof. don't know. What about this? What about this? What about seventh Ajax? No, get the fuck out. Bro, come on. <laughs> Not that big of a leap. Not that big of a leap. I would I would replace Ajax for Barca at ten. No, 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 this is what I would have it. I'd say Villa. Well, it's because I can't, I can think, I'd say AC Milan stays in there. I don't know, seventh. I'd say seventh. But I'd, I'd say AC Milan and Barca stay in. Mm. And then 
Villa creeps up to 10th place. Bro, if Barca stays in, I'm having them at least 10th. At least. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying, 10th. But at the same time, if you, if Villa's, Villa's just creeping in, so they'd be in 10th. If well, I'm being honest, Barca should be out. Because, like, they're, they're, the only thing they're in right now, or the only trophy they're in for right now, is uh, La Liga. And, they, and they're not pulling up the results that they, you know, need to just win it already. I agree, but on one hand, they've lost one game, and they've gotten goalless draws. Their main complaint is that they're playing like shit. But for a team of that statue and caliber, just doing that, because honestly, we would not be talking about Fire being number one if they weren't on the run they're on. And on, on yeah. the other side of the contrast... Bid, 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 listen, listen to this. If Fire were on the run they were, but they were just winning one nils and playing like shit, we'd still be like, they're, they they deserve to be first. And uh, on the other hand, if Barca was on the same run, but they were playing shit football, we'd be talking about it. Oh, I disagree with that. See, the top three have a lot of flair in how they play. Like Arsenal... We love how they play, but, you know, they, they've been playing ugly or getting ugly results. But anyways, we'll cross that bridge later. Let's focus right now on 7th after United. I think the fair shout is AC Milan. I would agree. Did they lose or did they, they draw? It's 0-0, but, I mean, they're not losing. <laughs> you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd concur with that. All right. Then 8th, 9th, 10th. And the three teams left from last week are Bayern, Barca, and, well, that's it, Milan, Newcastle. But... Mm. Eighth place. So, so we're, we're, we're totally place, saying. I put. So Bayern is dropping out completely. We're saying. Oof. I mean, they they drew. They didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's coming off an embarrassing three 0 loss versus City. So yeah. are we saying Bayern is dropping out? Bayern and Barca, yeah. Well, then who would you put in? I'd say Villa creeps well, up. Well, I'd say time. I'd say Villa. Newcastle gets kicked out too because they got whooped three 0 yeah, no, but, true. but I'd, I'd say, say Newcastle. Wait, what place we put Newcastle in? Oh, it's before that three now. Well, last week we put Newcastle well, in eighth. I said Newcastle ninth. Ninth. Yeah. After getting after getting big three. I, okay, if I, they're ninth, yeah. then we gotta put Villa eighth. We that's just logic. No, it's because <laughs> Villa's barely sneaking in, bro. What are you on about? I said Villa. Gonna, how are you gonna beat yeah. the number eighth team in in our list and be on a like four game unbeaten streak and be? and not be ahead of the team he just beat. Well, how is it? Then you can argue for Spurs. They've been playing like shit, but they're ahead of them. They're in fifth place. You know, that's the case. I, I know when they board them this Thursday night. Oh, get the fuck yeah, out. Paul. <laughs> All right, eighth no, place. I say Villa, Villa's 10th. I think they're barely sneaking in before, because they're sneaking in. If they weren't sneaking in, you know, and they, we had already had them on here, then I think we could push them up. But since we're just sneaking them in, it's just 10th. That's right. my opinion. If both of y'all come to the agreement that they deserve to be ninth, then I can't argue because majority rules, as you always say, Christian. I would say IX ninth. I mean, sorry, not IX seventh. Newcastle. I just, bro, no, 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 no. Eighth. Newcastle ninth. Villa tenth. That's what I. I agree with Newcastle nine and Villa tenth. So who would be eight? I don't know, bro. In IX, bro. <laughs> I'm, no, I don't agree with that, Jack. What about... Would you... I know I'm going to sound like a complete could... hypocrite, but Barca, they, they they haven't lost in the league in a while. <laughs> Bro, y'all both agreed right now that Barca and Bayern were out. I tried to make the case for them, but y'all said nope. I'd make a case for for Barca because I'm biased, but... <laughs> Barca, there's a case for them, but... I don't know. 
what, no. what was there? <laughs> in my opinion, if Barca was going to stay in, they'd have to be 10th. And you put Villa above them? You'd be okay with that? Bro, I'd be uh, probably still. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm okay with putting Barca I mean, I would be okay Austin with Villa them. Ninth. What about Southampton? Bro, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> What about Brighton? To... What about we fill up? We round the top three or the last three places left with Villa, Brighton, and Ajax. Wait, hear, hear this outrageous shout I'm about to say. PSG. Oh, mm. you know what? Well, honestly, they, they kind of deserve it. But if PSG came in, I have to say 10. But they've only been on a two two good games. Two good games in a row. I don't know if that's enough. Well, no. Bro, it's because you know what we do. We're, we're drastic here. Yeah, we are. Like, no, like, honestly, dude, PSG. They, like I remember one week we dropped well. the second place all the way to tenth, bro. <laughs> well, bro, that's how cutthroat this list is. Yeah, appropriate. Oh no, honestly, I I agree with PSG. PSG, tenth, Austin Villa. No, I, dude, that was just a shout. A shout. You know, I'd say Villa, tenth. I'd say Newcastle ninth. Bro, how, you, how are you gonna put Newcastle above Villa <laughs> when they just beat? Them? I know they just beat them, but. We're talking about the last. Co- oh, that is a good shout, but you make a good point. I, I'd say you could interchange Villa and Newcastle, but I'd, I'm not even trying to be biased. I just think Barca is still in there, my opinion. Damn, why did Brighton have to go and lose the Spurs last weekend? Ooh, Brighton. Brighton. Dude, I think once they play those two games at hand, or if they still perform. It's because, bro, I just feel bad because I know putting Villa and Brighton, I, I just feel like we're going to jinx them and I'm going to be like, man, well, we should bro, never It's better to be in there. the top 10 list than to have never been and get kicked out immediately than to never been at all. Bro, I don't think they care about being in our top 10 list. <laughs> well, I care for them. Wait, you know which team has never cracked the top 10 list that kind of deserves it right now? Atletico cool. Madrid. Ooh, that's a good shout. That is a good shout. That is, they have been in tremendous form. I think most informed team in Spain. Dude, I'd put them in 7th uh, and move AC Milan right. to 8th, honestly. Hear me out. Hear me out. Oh, this guy's about to say some of the stupidest shit you've ever heard go on. Hear me out. Aston Villa, 7th. Newcastle, 8th. AC Milan, 9th. And then... Who was the other club we were talking about? Boy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I say... <laughs> <laughs> I think Aston Villa should be ranked higher though, because okay. uh, they, they've been they've been undefeated in their last five league games. Okay, true. Bro, but... I just don't. I just don't. You know. You know what? Here's mine, and then you can make your point, Christian. So, what place are we at? It's eighth, right? We're yeah. trying to figure out the last three teams, right? Eighth. Okay. But then, I, then I mentioned Atletico Madrid, and I'd I'd bump them up to seventh and move Milan to eighth. Oh no no no! Aston Villa should be eighth. Oh my gosh! Atletico Madrid should be tenth. Oh, Newcastle gosh. should be ninth. Oh All right, this is how I do it. I'd say Villa, Newcastle ninth, Atletico Madrid seventh, and then you drop AC Milan to eighth. That's what I said, but no one agreed with me. I agree with you now. All right, Atletico Madrid seventh, and AC Milan moves to. No, oh, no, Atletico Madrid cannot be seventh, bro. Bro, oh, they've been on tremendous form. Majority rules. What place would you put Atletico Madrid in? I don't think Atletico Madrid has been better form than Brighton, bro. They have. They won five games in a row, bro. They've been the most informed they, team in La Liga since the World Brighton. Cup break. Villa, Aston Villa, now Brighton. I, bro, I think they've been on similar form, but just because of the Madrid's third place, I put them. I don't think they've lost since after the World Cup break. 
right. You know what, then? If that's the case, I would put Aston Villa 7th, Atletico Madrid. Sorry. Nope. Aston Villa 8th, Atletico Madrid 9th. Nope. Newcastle 10th. Nope. Majority rules. Madrid, Atletico oh, 7th. You know, I'm, I'm kind of being a hypocrite. I just realized I'm being a hypocrite, bro. I just said a team sneaking in. They can't just jump. And I just put Atletico Madrid up. So you know what I have to agree with all I No. AC, AC Milan at 7th, Atletico Madrid at 8th. Newcastle at ninth, and then Villa still at 10th. No, bro. Villa can't be at 10, bro. Can we please just figure I, out 7th and 8th first? <laughs> and then we'll get to 9th and 10th. <laughs> I, I say I'd like to come with right below AC Milan. So you'd have to And also because I think it carries more value competing yeah. more yeah. than just the league. Because uh, AC Milan still has league and champions, while Atletico just has the league. Dang, that is yeah. a good point. All right. I, I want to say Atletico, Villa, and then Newcastle. All right. So, I literally just switched Atletico and uh, and AC Milan, but now i got to do it again because, yeah, majority rules, and I kind of agree with that point. All right, so AC Milan <laughs> is still seventh, and Atletico Madrid is eighth. Now we just got two spots, boys, and that's it. Two spots, and we're done. <laughs> Villa 10th and Newcastle 9th. No, I would not have Newcastle can, in. After losing... Who would you have, Barca? I put Brighton. No, I put Austin Villa ninth, Brighton tenth. No, 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 no. I say Newcastle. Newcastle ninth. I think Newcastle they perform like shit. Because listen, if Newcastle bounce back next week, we're gonna be like, oh, Newcastle should be in. Because if Villa or Brighton loses next week, we're gonna be again like, Newcastle's back in. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's why I'm saying Newcastle should still be in at tenth, bro. And Villa at ninth. Right now, le- leading up to the game. Villa, Villa at ninth. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 I can get down I, with I, that. I, I can still, concur with that. Okay, cool. Finally, we did it, Even boys. We did it. I still, prefer, I still say Villa at tenth. No, majority rules. What can I do? We did it, boys. After like thirty minutes of delegation, we finally did it. <laughs> All right, our new top ten list for this week, going from tenth to first. It's Newcastle tenth, Austin Villa ninth, Atletico Madrid eighth, AC Milan seventh. Manchester United 6th, Napoli 5th, Real Madrid 4th, Arsenal 3rd, Manchester City 2nd, and Feyenoord 1st place. Damn, we might sound kind of biased for Feyenoord 1st. <laughs> God, they've been oh, in bro. great form. Mm-hmm. Bro, you can't take away Feyenoord's form, both in Europe and domestic. That's true, that's true. They, they did lose versus Ajax in the cup, which yeah, won the cup. win streak. Oh, that's the cup, yeah, yeah. but whatever. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, you got anything else or any... Any objections to anything? Or can we just sign off because we've been on here for like an hour and 30? Yeah, you can sign off. All right, cool. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Uh, Really appreciate it. Uh, Stay tuned for a very special announcement very, very soon. But as always, follow us on our socials and wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.